Hello, this is Kazoo. Um, this is for the podcast, I guess. Um, so I'm here to talk about the internment of Japanese Canadians. Um, so essentially, I'm gonna do this in one take. Uh, any mistakes? Well, just go into it. No editing. Um, just one go, one take. All the information. So yeah. Um, so this event happened in World War II. Um, how did it happen, or how did it start? Well, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor on December seventh in nineteen forty-one, and because of this attack, uh, the Canadian society gained suspicion on Japanese Canadians, well, Canadians with Japanese ancestry. Um, now they were suspicious of them because. I don't know, well, this was during the war. Anything could happen. They could they could have been spies. Uh, they could attack from the inside, so that way they could be pressured on both on the outside and the inside. Um, but the thing is that most of the Japanese Canadians were born and raised in Canada. So technically, their suspicion that soon turned to hatred was just meaningless just all misunderstanding but you can understand why they would because you know anything could happen you can't really trust anyone during the war because anyone could just backstab um so essentially in february uh 1942 uh the canadian government decided to push off all of the japanese canadians from the west coast uh, this was known as the War Measures Act, um, and surprisingly, over 20k men, women, and children were forced to leave. Um, and the only items that they could bring was the amount they could fit in one suitcase. And you might be thinking, oh, it's just one suitcase. Well... It's not the size of a suitcase that we have right now. Like it's not like those large, you know, huge rectangular ones. No, it was like very flat, almost like a folder, like a mini folder. Um, and uh, essentially, uh, the ones that were eighteen forty-five, the men, uh, they were sent to the camps. While the women and children, they were sent to, I think, almost sort of a camps, but not were sent to, like, labor. Uh, the men were sent to do labor and jobs, while the rest were, I guess, chilling. <laughs> um, uh, the Canadian government also promised uh, the Japanese Canadians that their, like, jobs and industries would be, you know, safe and nothing will happen to them well deception that's what they gave to the japanese canadians um instead of keeping them safe they pretty much wrecked them um like the glass was shattered um the walls are broken insides were just absolutely demolished um but it's not just that um they also put things like the term 
jabs um or like jabs not wanted or no jabs go away jabs anything like that um and you might be thinking oh phew, jabs uh, doesn't sound that bad of a word it just sounds like a shorter version of just saying japanese well yes it is a short version of saying japanese but it was also a term to be discriminative to those japanese canadians if that's a word great if that's not a word well um i'm talking about discriminative not japanese um anyway um so the japanese canadians were obviously hurt from that and they were technically being bullied um yeah so yeah like even like parts of the towns that the that the women and children were sent to in bc um yeah bc is the place where the where the camps and the towns where the japanese canadians were sent off to um like even there like were there were some that had like on the homes like no japs wanted go away japs and stuff so technically it was everywhere um but uh all of it obviously you know ended um on september 22nd in 1988 uh prime minister brian mulroney if i'm pronouncing that wrong i'm sorry um he apologized to all the japanese canadians um about the war measures act and what they went through um and because the Japanese Canadians didn't have a say, like they couldn't do anything. There was nothing. There was no justice. Um, another to add on is that um, the Japanese Canadians they couldn't just leave the town or the camps. They couldn't just run off. There were RCMP that were guarding the area, so that way they don't just run off um and if they wanted to leave they had to gain uh permission from the rcmp and if they the if the rcmp declined there was no way for the japanese Canadians to um escape now uh hopefully you've heard of this person um his name is david suzuki um if you don't know who he is um he's pretty important and he has run a couple of shows uh but i'll leave the research to you if you'd want to um so he when he was young he went through uh the japanese canadian internment um he also um uh narrated the japanese canadian internment video on youtube you can probably find that um so yeah he's a very important person and he knew what happened like during that time he saw the families you know like being torn apart being separated um and i'm also going to talk about why this is important um this event is well it's pretty important obviously because it shows that you know that 
this could happen if the Canadian Charter, I can't talk, uh, that the parts of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms would have conflict to it, um, especially equality rights, because, you know, like, it definitely has conflict with it, because equality rights, like, it's the right to be free of discrimination from, like, any ethnic origin or national race, um, like, anything like that, and this definitely conflicts with it, I mean, I guess I wouldn't have any rights, like, any of those rights, if Prime Minister back then did not apologize, and, you know, and if it didn't end, if this slavery didn't end, then, you know, I wouldn't be here with all my friends in, in the school. I would just be in BC, in a camp. Slavery, you know. Um, but thankfully, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms under the Constitution is able to, you know, protect us with those rights. So, yeah. Um, this was Kazoo. Uh... This was for the Canadian, the Japanese Canadian internment. Happened in World War Two, and yeah. Goodbye.